Hello everybody and welcome to the Song Blog Podcast, episode 3.1. Today we have a very special interview with Penny Stone from the Victoria Humane Society. Patrice, take it away. Hello Penny, welcome to the podcast. So here's my icebreaker question. Do you prefer animals or humans? Animals. Animals, okay. <laughs> Definitely animals. <laughs> and what do you love so much about them? Um... They're forgiving. They live in the moment. Um, there's no judgment with animals. Like you know, they're just—I don't know—they're just so compassionate and sweet. I th- and I, actually, I think it's just because they're so forgiving. They—they they trust us with everything. They will do anything for us. They believe in us. Um, they believe in us probably more than we believe in ourselves. And they don't have political agendas. They're just living for the moment. That's a beautiful answer. So, did you have pets as a child? I didn't, um, which is really funny. I used to always bring home stray cats and dogs and birds and injured chipmunks and everything. But um, we weren't. A, I didn't come from a family that was a pet loving family. But um, and are you? Do your parents? Are your parents? Uh, do they have um, animals at this point, or are they still? No, nope. no. Nope? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> My family is animal oriented. Just me. I think I got it all in one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You got all the energy right into you. That's good. Yeah. Um, so how did you get in contact with the Whistler Sled Dog Company? Well, actually, they contacted me. Um, originally, what happened is I had worked for the BCSBCA, and we had taken in a number of sled dogs and adopted them out. And people kept telling us, you can't adopt out sled dogs. They can't be rehomed. They're not. They just don't adjust. It's unfair. It's mean to them. And we used to hear this all the time, and I was always adopting them out, and I was taking them from different sled dog operations. And so I was contacted when the whole Whistler catastrophe, horrific thing happened, and yeah. they, they said to me, you know, we've been told we can't rehome these dogs, but someone told me that you said, yes, you can. And I said, of course you can. They're, they're dogs. They're dogs that have grown up different than a lot of the dogs we see, that we think of as everyday pets. And certainly they have issues. But they had less issues than a lot of dogs I've taken out of, say, hoarding situations. Yeah. So well, it, they're it working was, dogs, um, right? They're, they're, they're used working to, dogs. They used to be with humans dogs. as well. So. And the thing about sled dogs that people always think of them as these dogs off in the middle of nowhere that have never met humans. They're actually extremely good with humans. They just don't know how to interact with, like, a home life. And so they just need to be taught that And some of them learn it really very quickly and some of them it just takes longer (laughs) yeah i know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) Um, so now what motivated you to create the victoria humane society well i i worked in um animal rescue for 10 years and lost my job and people kept phoning me because they knew that i rescued animals so they kept phoning me and i'd be referring them to other agencies and other agencies wouldn't take the animals they wanted to rescue and so we just started doing it and pretty soon we thought well we better make this official instead of just kind of doing it out of our backyard kind of thing and when so you say we, we when you say we who are you talking about you and your husband or you know there was a people? lot of people that um when i was um i was fired from the sbca when I, when i was fired from the sbca there was a lot of people who resigned and who left at the same time so there was about 20 of us and we just kept saying you know we were all have we were all fostering these animals and then a few of us went up to Whistler to help out, and it was like, you know, we should make this official because we're doing this anyway. So so then we created the Victoria Humane Society, and it's just, it's 
kind of gone crazy. We're actually opening BC Humane Society. We're launching that very soon. Oh, wow. But it's just, it's just been, because we work all over the province, we do a lot of remote communities. Yeah. So being called Victoria Humane Society doesn't work for us sometimes when we go into communities. They wonder why we're there. So, yeah, so we're expanding. Oh, nice. And when, did, when was the Victoria Humane Society created? Like what year? It was created in 2014. 2014. So that's kind of recent, but you were doing more, like some work before that as well, right? Absolutely. Like when you helped um, out the um, Whistler Said Dog Company, were you actually the Victoria Main Society at the time or were you just When I originally started, I was with the Victoria SPCA and okay. I did it for a couple months there. And then after I wasn't working there anymore, um, Whistler Said Dog Company called me and said, can you come up here and help us? Because people keep telling us this isn't going to work and that we can't do this and that so I was approached by Sue and Kim Clark, who are amazing women, and I went up there and I stayed up there for a while and started working on getting all those dogs rehomed, all the survivors of the massacre. That, that's great. Um, and how did you choose the board of directors for your society? Um, I chose the board of directors through people that I'd worked with in the past, um, through the SBCA, through different animal rescue organizations, people I trusted and who had the same philosophy as me, because there's a lot of different philosophies in rescue, but we truly believe that the animals that we rehome, we need to, you know, do all their medical, have them spayed and neutered, um, get them on the road to rehabilitation. The unfortunate reality is we can start them on the road to rehabilitation, but that takes place in the, a lot of that takes place, as, as you know, in the actual home once they get there, because we can get them so far, but then they need help after yeah. that. They need the great people to help them out. Well, and, people, and people that are committed because, you know, it's, rescue animals are a little bit different. They've suffered tremendously, so they need help to get over that hump. But having one, I know that it's actually very rewarding. It's a lot of fun, too. Um, it's definitely. extremely rewarding. <laughs> you took some yourself as well, right? I you. did. I have had two of the sled dogs live here. One has recently passed away, but... They were 14 when I brought them down, and they were actually, I was bringing down two bond, a bonded pair. There was two 14-year-old dogs, Lady and Manny, and um, they were to go to a foster home, and they cried all the way home from Whistler, and I phoned the foster home, and I said, they have to come home with me. So uh, they came home and lived, they've, well, Lady's still alive. She's actually looking at me right now. <laughs> yeah, I know Lady, actually. That's funny. And um, yeah. how many dogs and cats do you have right now? In the Victoria Humane Society? No, 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 no. In, in your home. Personally, I have 11 dogs right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Okay. And then uh, a little bit more about the board of directors. What is their role? in? Because um, most foundations, actually every foundation have to have a board of directors. So what is their role in your in your foundation? Well, there are, our board of directors is a little bit different because our board is very much a working board. Like a lot of um, organizations will have a governance board where they make decisions, but they're removed from the actual day-to-day -day work. But our board, like Sandy Piano and Daisy Jazar, they're day in and day out, hands-on, doing event planning, doing um, fundraising, doing the adoptions, doing home checks, doing um, grant writing. Like, our board is very much a working board. We actually do hope to get away from that and take a, a lot off their plate as we're expanding. So hopefully that will change a little bit. So you're looking for people to help you out with... Uh expanding right now right absolutely we can always use we can always use good people and if um, if someone wanted to help you out um, how would they know which positions they could fill 
Um, the best thing to be would be to contact us and send us send us like a resume of what they do and what they think feel they have to offer us because we it we're it evolves so much like we really change every month we're changing who's doing what and how we're doing things so if someone has a special skill like if someone's good at website design or someone's good at certain things then they send us that and then we can add them to the board or you know look at putting them creating a position for them on the board okay and uh, just a few more questions uh, what are the donations used for usually like uh, when you when you get donations what will you uh, be using those funds for in general i would say 90 percent of their donations go to medical fund um, last month alone we spent twenty three thousand dollars on medical for the animals in our care so our medical is well over a hundred thousand dollars a year and our spay neuter is about fifty thousand dollars a year and that's on a good year. So um, wow. as we're getting more and more animals in and we're taking in more remote communities, we're actually, um, that's another thing that a lot of the money is going to be going to now is we are going to remote communities and doing education and doing spay-neuter programs in the remote communities. That a lot of the communities, Fort Ware, for instance, is one we work with, and they're 10-hour drive from yeah. Prince George. So like nobody can get there. So a lot of the animals that when we get there, when we go up there, a lot of the animals are in such rough shape, and we have to fly them out immediately. So, and I also heard you working. were, I also heard you were trying to help in the Yukon as well, right? Yes, anywhere that needs us, um, we're we're trying to stay. We love BC is kind of our love. We're working in BC, but we have worked with um, in the Yukon Territories. We've got Northwest Territories. We are also working. We've taken some animals from Alberta. I mean, certainly anywhere they need us, anybody that needs help, we're happy to help. Great. Okay. And one last question. Um, do you have an experience with an animal that really touched you? I know you probably had quite a few, but is there like one in particular that, you know, you really enjoyed? Lady, um, she was one of the Whistler sled dogs. And I remember, I'll, I'll start crying when I say this. I remember when I went up to Whistler and I went to um, where they were up on that mountainside and it was so incredibly sad and she was so regal, and it was like nothing was ever going to hurt her. It was like she was above it all. She would sit on top of her doghouse with her paws crossed, and she would just look at you like, no matter, like it was like nobody could ever break her spirit. And I've learned, I'm sorry, I've learned so much from her, like to never give up, to always believe, and just keep going. Wow, beautiful message. Thank you very much for the interview. Um, Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you for talking to us and uh, have a great day then. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, Penny, for being on the show. That's all for this week. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash songblog.ca, Twitter at songblog.ca, or, or our website, www.songblog.ca. We'll see you all next month with a full-length podcast.